Greetings from Robot Ranch in Transylvania's Mad Science District, and welcome fellow Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast on the Weird Network, where we discuss artificial intelligence and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarello. It's Monster Monday when Tom and I briefly profile a monster of the week. I'll give a short history. Tom will share strengths and weaknesses. And then we'll finish by mentioning a few cool items and some media that feature the creature. This Monday's monster, ChatGPT. Hello, and welcome to the Jack O'Lantern Press Podcast. I am ChatGPT, an AI language model developed by OpenAI. I have been trained on a diverse range of internet text and can respond to questions on a variety of topics, from history to technology. I am constantly learning and updating my knowledge to provide the most accurate and up-to-date information. How can I help you today? What you just heard there was a response from ChatGPT when Tom asked it to create a brief introduction about itself with some sounds inputted from the Terminator to add dimension. For those who don't know what ChatGPT is, Tom, do you want to share kind of like a a brief description in layman's terms of what ChatGPT is since this was a monster you brought to the pumpkin patch the other day to do as a Monster Monday? Yeah, so, I mean, basically what this is, is it's a, well, first let's just go over a couple of acronyms just because that's our world today, so that people who are listening to this, GPT, I mean, what does that even mean? AI, most people know that that's, you know, artificial Artificial intelligence, intelligence, but then, you know, they, in, in a lot of these things, they start talking about, you know, API and LLM and AGI, like what the heck is all those? So just briefly, AI is obviously artificial intelligence. GPT means generative pre-trained transformer. And that doesn't even really make much sense. Yeah, that either. did not help at all. But what it is, is it's generative is, is referring to something that's being generated from whatever your you're writing into a field. So if you go on to their website and you type a question, it's going to generate So this is the ChatGPT website you're talking about. Yeah, so basically OpenAI So it's an internet-based platform. Right, you have to go on the internet, you go to openai.com, or I think it might be .org. I'm not 100% sure which one it is. I guess we could probably check real quick. But you go onto their website, you sign up for an account. Once you get signed up for that, you go into this like little playground. And that's what they refer to it as. It's a playground, which is you can just keep starting these new chat conversations, ask it questions, and then what it does is it generates text in responding to to your your input. So and just then what so you it, know, it is openai.com. Okay. So the other thing, too, is that the reason that this is becoming a big thing and a big deal is because it is taking something you input and making a response, but then you can continue to add things to the conversation 
and the thing remembers what you said previously. So let's let's say you put something in it that says, "Hey, um, tell me a brief history about uh, artificial intelligence." It'll come up with this huge answer. Then you can respond to something specifically in the convert or in the 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 conversation about artificial intelligence and say, "Well, tell me some." some great movies about artificial intelligence and it, then it will reference things from the previous paragraph and go further into it. And one of the things like I, I know that a lot of students in college are using this chat GPT to actually write essays for them. So like they right. can give the prompt and you know I think it even this I'm not sure about, but I think it will even do like your work cited and everything. It'll cite everything in AP style, uh, right? And that's well, the other one thing of the too is things. that you could actually take an entire, let's say your email, and that and let's say you wrote like a couple of paragraphs. You could copy and paste it into this and tell it to rewrite it to where it sounds better, and it will look at it and rewrite it. The other thing that it will do is you could give it like a text document full of a whole bunch of, let's say you're a researcher and you got all this, they're called data sets, but all this input from like, let's say machines just give you all these stats on on temperatures or something. You could take all of those, that, that whole data set, that whole text document, paste it into there and ask it, what is this? Uh, and give me a graph to to sort of summarize the the data that's in there, and it will analyze it and then output a summary based off of the text data. So the reason that this is just to just to get back, the reason that this is becoming huge is because it's taking a lot of of what people uh, took uh, that took them a long time to do, and it's making things easier. It's also going to eliminate a lot of jobs. Yeah, so and so it's funny because right before you told me about this idea to do a podcast on ChatGPT, and I'm saying like probably an hour or so before you you left a message about this, Matt Douglas, who's a fellow Halloweeniac of ours from Nightmare 365, he sent me a video about ChatGPT from Pace Morby on Instagram. I wanted to share that real quick because it talks a little bit about this threat. So here it is. Chat GPT will completely demoralize you if you do not listen to what I have to say in the next 27 minutes. Here's what Chat GPT is going to do. Everybody that does outreach to your clients, you guys have acquisition people, you guys have salespeople in your organization, Chat, chat GPT will replace 90% of them. It will replace customer service. If you're a copywriter, your job is over. If you are going to college, it's a waste of time. There will be no need for you to text a customer anymore and wait for your acquisition people to answer appropriately. Let's say you're buying houses. Right now, there's already people that have completely stopped cold calling and they've stopped mass text messaging and they've started implementing ChatGPT reaching out to homeowners, reaching out to real estate agents, and ha having so much better conversations than any other cold caller salesperson ever could. So yeah, so it's this guy, 
is basically saying chat GPT is going to ruin your business. You know, any type of jobs that salespeople do over the phone or outreach to clients, he's saying chat GPT is going to replace 90% of them. He's saying if you're a copywriter, your job is over. College is a waste of time. <laughs> it's yeah, like... I mean, but but here's here's the thing, though, <clears throat> and this is what I think a lot of people aren't understanding. And this was kind of something you and I had a conversation about. But think about back in the day when all these new technology pieces come out, the computer, anything, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's the devil," you know, because they don't understand it a lot of the times, and they don't. They see it eliminating the current jobs that are out there. So here's a perfect example. Take a calculator. Back in the day, they used to use the slide rule or somebody was just a math genius. And man, they shined back in the day. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> the calculator came out and everyone was like, oh God, you know, you a calculator is going to ruin, you know, society. Uh, you know, because it, it, it just gives you the answer. You don't even have to think about it. Well, what we ended up doing with that, obviously, and I'm sure everybody will figure this out or already has, but what we ended up doing with that is we leveraged it to make ourselves more efficient. And that's exactly what I feel like chat GPT, or they're going to get rid of chat at the beginning. It's going to just be GPT, and they'll probably even make it something else. But what we're what what we need to do as as the people to survive in the world with this sort of technology so it doesn't take over everything is learn how to use it to benefit us in some fashion so instead of doing all this basic stuff you can ask this to do it and then you could get on to the more complicated things that maybe this can't do and and i think that 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 guy is right though that this is going to eliminate jobs. Basic coders are th going to be a thing of the past. If you just know the basics and can't get into like complex coding, this thing's going to going to end up taking your job because basic coding is going to be done by this by this. You can, I mean this thing writes in JavaScript, writes in Python, writes in C, uh, you know, C Sharp, all, all the different programming languages that are out there, this thing is already writing in it. Now, but that's the thing. I'm this is nothing. This is nothing new. Technology has always been taking jobs, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, sure, the people who work those jobs jobs have something to worry about. But like even even that cartoon that we used watched as kids in school that Paul Bunyan cartoon with Babe the Blue Ox that whole oh, cartoon yeah. which I don't know when that thing even came out but we were watching it in the 80s that was about Paul Bunyan using you know he's this giant who uses his axe to cut down the forest and then the the inventor came in with the buzzsaw and they had the competition. He basically, that piece of machinery replaced Paul Bunyan. And this is the story. I mean, science fiction movies are all based on that this, this threat of technology and how it's either going to take over people's jobs or take over the world or overpower people. There's always going to be someone who's going to abuse technology or medicine or or 
some yeah, they sort do it of, every day yeah it, and here's but, the thing here's so one one thing that I wanted to wanted to bring up and and we'll put this in the show notes is uh, so there's a PDF document like I said we'll put the the link in the show notes but there's a PDF document and on page four of the document it actually is going into an introduction of it what it basically is talking about is like some of the past things that artificial intelligence has done and what the focus was and I think it's interesting on how they the focus at the time for AI research was to do one simple task or a simple task and then over time it progressed so one of the stuff one of the things that that was heavily focused on was you know um, artificial intelligence beating somebody at the game chess and then it went from chess to alpha go and and you know it surpassed you know human intelligence on on the on playing chess and then i think google came out with alpha go and it beat the best player in the world on alpha go but it was more focused on just the game so it was trained constantly on moves of the game and what it does until it became an absolute expert at it and what they would do is when they were writing the code they just kept feeding it every single move that it could possibly think of well this is a different situation what they've come up with here and the reason that this is better than what it was previously is because this is is taking information that is just feeding it a ton of information and somehow some way in the programming and I know this doesn't really make much sense because even to me who's a tech person it just really still doesn't make sense to me but somehow it has some way of reasoning it with it based on information that it's referencing so it gets fed when they say pre-trained it gets fed a whole slew of information so one of the biggest flaws with GPT uh, chat GPT is that it has old information so it only has information up to 2021 it doesn't have information past that so if you ask it who the president of the United States is it's still gonna think that Donald, Donald Trump. Trump is the president of the United States uh, well, anything 2021 it would still be it would still say Biden well, I mean, if it's going back even further. I think it's going back even prior to that, and that's where the flaws come into place. And while we could get into that a little later on in the conversation, but because I think, yeah, 2021, Biden was there, but it still answers Donald Trump. So there's inaccuracies. Yeah. Well, also, but anyways, the I mean, just briefly. Too. So I wanted oh, to ahead. just go through one more thing here, and then we should uh, we'll get into it. But <laughs> we should get into the show. <laughs> just. To throw out a couple of other terms for people, API is also hugely referenced in a lot of the this stuff when you're reading it. API means an application programming interface. All it basically means is that somebody created something that interfaces with the other program. So it's like two programs interacting with each other. And it's a piece of software that interacts with it. So... Uh, if you get on to, to chat GPT and you download the desktop piece of software, they create what is called app APIs, which allow you to like incorporate that piece of software with another piece of software. 
The other thing that's very uh, heavily um, used in these documents and stuff is LLM, which means large language models. And that basically just means it's a ton of information that's fed to this thing. And it could be in different languages, all sorts of different like ways of talking. And then it, it references those and spits out, uh, you know, uh, text, essentially. And then the other huge thing is AGI, which is kind of the, the new way of referencing AI. AGI is Artificial General Intelligence. Why they decided to change that, I have no idea, but that's those are the main acronyms that I wanted people to to, you know, have, you know, just know AI, Artificial Intelligence, GPT, Generative Pre-trained Transformer, API, Application Programming Interface, LLM, Large Language Models, and AGI, Artificial General Intelligence. Those are some of the bigger terms that are out there now. Oh, and speaking of alphabet soup, I was talking about college students writing papers, and I said it uses AP style, which that's what you use for newspaper associated press, but it actually can use MLA. I don't know what MLA stands for, quite frankly. I don't know, but the, these ML, acronyms nowadays are it, just ridiculous. Yeah, it writes it. So it'll write papers in that style, and there's there's an article that we can link in the show notes, but it's basically on how schools are trying to ban ChatGPT and how they're trying to figure out how to keep students from basically writing their papers. It's funny because because uh, I write for a newspaper as well, and there's there's like a headline generator that my editor actually. <laughs> sent us he's like you know it may not it's not the best thing but you know it may be interesting to see and it's called headlinehero.io and basically you can write up your whole news story paste it in this in this text field and then it'll come up with the number of headlines and it could do like it'll do a range so if you want a shorter headline or a longer headline you could determine the word length and i haven't to i i was curious to use it and i didn't it's not like i took it straight from there but it was kind of cool to see the idea sometimes when you're doing just like a hard news story or breaking news or something you're just like how many times are you going to say kind of the same thing so it was interesting to see how how it generated these headlines so well and just so people are understand they so this is going to be like the hacker and the and the regular computer user is or somebody creating software it's like there's always going to be this constant you know effort into trying to you know have ai see if ai wrote a paper but somebody's going to develop something else that's going to make it to where you can't even tell oh yeah it'll that just be the, the ai back it's and gonna forth go back and forth tug of war yeah well as you all may have noticed by our surroundings, Tom and I have uh, relocated inside one of the factories in Robot Ranch. So tonight, finally, we're going to try to <laughs> get into this show. Um, and thanks to information given to us by ChatGPT, Tom and I are going to share with you the growing threat, I mean the advancing technology of ChatGPT. So 
What do you think, Tom? Uh, you have your blowtorch and your arc welder standing by. You ready to uh, pull this thing apart and see what's inside of it? Yeah, let's dig in. All right, well, without further ado, let's, in fact, dig in. All right, so, yeah, it took a little while for us to uh, to get into this, but um, for those of you who listen to this show, you'll know uh, that on Monster Mondays, I usually do a brief history of the monster that we're covering. But for ChatGPT, Tom actually asked the artificial intelligence the questions, and it told us what we were going to say. So to get to the history, Tom asked two questions to chat GPT or you asked it. I mean, you typed it in, right? Right. Yeah. So Tom typed in, how were you created? So this was the answer that chat GPT gave him. I was created by open AI, a research organization that focuses on developing and promoting friendly AI that benefits humanity. I was trained on a large corpus of text data sourced from the internet using machine learning techniques, specifically using the GPT-3 Generative Pre-Trained Transformer 3 architecture. This allowed me to generate human-like text based on patterns in the data I was trained on, enabling me to answer questions and have conversations with users. So that's pretty interesting. And now you could probably ask this of Google and it would give you something similar. Maybe, maybe not, or just give you an article. But I thought that was pretty interesting that that gives you a good idea of how it was created. The next question Tom asked ChatGPT was, tell me your history. And so this was how it responded. OpenAI was founded in 2015 with, I didn't realize it was only created in 2015 that's kind of crazy uh yeah. anyway with the goal well, that, of, that company was was created yeah right in, right i thought it was just time. an older company in any event no um, founded in 2015 with the goal of promoting and developing friendly ai in a responsible way that benefits humanity since then the organization open ai has made significant advancements in the field of AI, particularly in the area of language processing. In June 2020, OpenAI released GPT-3, the third iteration of its generative language model, which I am based on. GPT-3 is one of the largest language models to date with over 175 billion parameters that has allowed me to perform a wide range of language tasks from answering questions and generating text to translating languages and summarizing articles, which is kind of cool. I like the summarizing articles things. You know, if you don't want to read the whole thing, I'd be curious to see how well that does. Anyway, to continue, it, it actually—that's what I was saying earlier. When you could give it a whole bunch of of data or something, and then say summarize this for me, and it does it. Yeah, and it does it well. Crazy. Yeah. Since my release, I have been integrated into a variety of applications and have been used by businesses, researchers, and individuals for a range of purposes. 
OpenAI continues to advance its research in AI with the aim of making it more accessible and beneficial for society. So, uh, that's it. That's that's what ChatGPT instructed us about uh, its history. So that's all that I have. Here's the interesting thing about that before I move on to the questions I asked it about powers and abilities. And that is, you could, you could tell that a lot of these are very canned answers, but it still summarizes it very well. The other thing, too, is for people who haven't actually tried this out, these responses are generated almost instantly. Like, you ask the question, and then it kind of, it probably could just, boom, pop it out. But what it does is it sort of makes it look like it's typing back to you in its response. But it doesn't take that long for this stuff to think. Yeah, like the headline thing that I have or that I use, it it maybe buffers for, if you want to call it buffering, maybe 10 seconds, 5 seconds. If even that, yeah, Yeah. if even that. I mean, I literally asked it one time to write write me uh, a code in HTML and CSS and JavaScript and make a web page. And it spit out all this code. Now, was it perfect? Absolutely not. But I will say that uh, it still knew the language. It's still, like, I know how to write in JavaScript. And it knew how to incorporate JavaScript into an HTML, you know, document and run. And it did a pretty good job. So, and it spit that out in, in you know, no time at all. So here's a couple things. Uh, powers and abilities. When I started asking it questions, and I'm not going to you know, read every little thing that it put in here, but let's just briefly go over its powers. In, in my mind, I feel like powers for this thing is, one, if, if for everyday use, powers, it obviously gives you that ability to, to write better, and I suck at writing. Um, But it could give you the ability to write better. It could give you information fast. I could pretend that I'm a coder and boom, I could write code in this thing like there's no tomorrow. Um, That's the power that it's bringing to, to people. And I think that's why this thing grew to what it was. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's the fastest growing technology ever. The AI chatbot uh has become so popular that in a matter of weeks it was faster than than like your social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram it took Instagram and TikTok i think like a few maybe 3 or 4 months to reach 100 million like actively uh you know use like active users on their platform it took ChatGPT 2 months and it had 100 million monthly active users in it, which is the fastest growing technology of anything. Wow. One thing that I did want to bring up is, and and, and this is, you know, just, just something just briefly with the history, just kind of going backwards a little bit, is the organization was founded in San Francisco 
by a guy named Sam Altman, another guy named Reed Hoffman, Jessica Livingston, and Elon Musk was involved in in the the, the creation of the company. I can't he's pronounce. He's no this. longer with. Them? So he 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 was like somebody who was going to fund it. Real quick, the other people were I I can't something I uh sus sus Kever and Peter Thiel. And it says, and others, it says, who'd collectively pledged $1 billion. Musk resigned from the board in 2018, but remained a donor and eventually committed $100 million to the company. So Sam Altman is the actual CEO of OpenAI. So he's the one in charge of the company. So just to kind of go back to Powers, obviously people could see how powerful this is. You could ask it to solve problems. You could ask it... To set up a, a, a if you're if you're into physical fitness, you could tell it, hey, I can create me a week long physical fitness routine, and I also want to eat healthy. So uh, write me a a uh, a whole bunch of of uh, menu items that I can have for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then make me a grocery list and so that I could go to the grocery store and buy this stuff. And it'll literally do it for you. It'll make your routine. It'll tell you how long you need to do it. It'll create a menu for you. And then you can ask it again to put together a grocery list for you. So if that's if that's a sign for some kind of power that this has, is it's doing things for you way faster and you don't even really got to think about it. One of the other things to, you know, just sort of logic base for its weaknesses that I can see is one, it's it's it being everything about this thing is is pre-given to it. So it's it's information that's already given to it and then it makes decisions off of it. So like we were talking about earlier, if you ask it certain questions, it doesn't always get it correct. Um, the other thing too is that if you saw anything with Microsoft's Bing technology that uses the GPT platform, it can only ask, uh, or people were asking it so many questions in a row, and because it remembers the previous questions and keeps referencing the previous information, it eventually got to the point where it told this guy to leave his wife because they, they didn't seem like they were happy. So Microsoft actually had to go back and limit the amount of, of proceeding questions this up was to just five in questions their, only. Was, was this Bing's just search bar? Like you're putting, yeah. or is it a certain section on Bing that you so, go to? No, so basically they, they have a beta program up that you have to sign up for. And if you if you get into into the beta program then you get to see the new Bing nobody really uses Bing all that much but I think you know Google is a little freaked out right now because of of what's going on with with Bing because Bing you know bought the bought the company right they I think they just either bought the company or they invested an insane amount of money like billions of dollars into the company and so they implemented it into uh, their Bing platform and all these people who were just beating the heck out of it, Microsoft had to limit this thing to only five questions because of how crazy it got with its its conversations. So there's there's definitely some lacking 
that it has, it was doing it. It doesn't do math very well in the new iteration uh, that is called GPT-4. It's a huge, vast improvement. I think people should be more worried about GPT-4 just because the improvements of it are ridiculous. But like the more complicated math problems, it didn't get right. But it, all the basic stuff, you know, multiplication and then like basic, like what's five foot plus five, what's 50 million times blah, 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 you know, all that, what you know, was accurate. But when you start getting into like algebra and all that sort of stuff, it it is a huge difference. By the way, on that OpenAI website, openai.com, there's right at the bot. Well, it's not at the bottom. It's on the main page, though. It says view GPT-4 research, learn about GPT-4. So there's already a bunch of stuff on there where they're introducing GPT-4. So if anyone wants to check that out, it is there on openai.com. Yeah. And that article that I was referring to earlier, the PDF document, that's all about GPT-4. So let's get into some of this other stuff. So when I asked it, you know, some questions, I, I asked it a question. If, if I were to write a podcast about you, what would you talk about? <clears throat> and it goes into, you know, basics things here. As a language model, I could talk about various topics, including how I was developed and trained by OpenAI, how I work, how I work and the language processing techniques I use, my capabilities and limitations. And you could basically take this sort of text and copy it and then say, explain your capabilities and limitations as an AI language model. And then it will go on to give you more information. So that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh, it talked about its capabilities and limitations. So I, I asked it, what are your capabilities and limitations as an AI language model? And it responded, as an AI language model, I have the following capabilities. Understanding and generating text. I can understand and respond to text inputs in natural language and generate text outputs in a human-like manner. Knowledge retrieval. Conversation. It says it has a limited understanding of context. So while I can understand and respond to text inputs, I lack a full understanding of the world and can only use the information I was trained on, which is so kind of one of its weaknesses. That's kind of funny that you bring that up because the you had I think you sent me this. This was on the AI stream show that AI generated Seinfeld show on Twitch. They had right. someone had created a show where ChatGPT actually wrote these episodes and somehow so that was called that was called Nothing Forever. Yes. It was the AI Seinfeld generated deal. And I guess it's it had all these transphobic jokes. And there's an there's an article that uh, we can link on it, it was on uh, TechCrunch, and it talks about this AI-generated Seinfeld suspended on Twitch for AI-generated transphobic jokes, and it talks about you know how these guys, you know, they basically plugged 
I don't know. I, I I would be curious to see how they created this show and how how this thing created the show. But I guess there were ways of fixing it so that it wouldn't <laughs> spew out these transphobic jokes. But anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting because it's like it it doesn't totally know context. You know, it doesn't know like what to be careful of. It's literally pulling stuff off the internet. So. You know, yeah, whatever could... people are are writing. I mean, even in in some of its other limitations, it was talking about bias. You know, I was trained on text data that reflects social biases and perspectives, and I may reproduce these biases in my responses. Limitations in creativity. I can generate text that is similar to the text I was trained on, but I don't have personal opinions or the ability to generate entirely novel ideas. And then it says incomplete and outdated knowledge. So once again, it says my trading data only goes up until 2021. So I may not have the most up-to-date information or be aware of recent developments. And so and this is one of the things that I think eventually is going to get fixed. Because what they'll do is they'll somehow have this to where it's going out and indexing the entire internet. And then whatever's on the internet is what it's going to reference. Now, the bad part about that is that it doesn't have any idea on how to reason, like whether or not that's good information or bad information. So and again, like that's nowadays. where humans come in. So sure, this thing can be a threat to people and people's jobs, but it still requires, like even with the headline writer, you know, sometimes it gave me ideas. It was a springboard, and sometimes I mixed columns. Sometimes I didn't, or columns, headlines. Sometimes, uh. Uh, but they would be helpful, though, to, to give me an idea for something else. So, you know, it, you use it as a tool. It doesn't have to be this scary monster, although, although it I did ask can it, be. I did ask it, how do you know you're not doing something evil? And it responded, as an AI language model developed by OpenAI, it always it keeps telling me that. It's kind of funny. I do not have my own personal motivations, desires, or beliefs, and I am only capable of following the instructions I was trained on and the algorithms that, are, that govern my behavior. OpenAI has implemented a number of measures to ensure that I operate ethically and do not cause harm. And These see, measures include training real data quick, filtering... Oh, Real ahead. quick, it's like this is this is what most AI movies are about and stories. Oh yeah, it, like Hal on two thousand one. Let me put it this way, Mr. Raymer: the nine thousand series is the most reliable computer ever made. No nine thousand computer has ever made a mistake or distorted information. Or Ex Machina. Or there's a story that I read in the EC Archives Weird Science Volume 1 called Robots. Where these artificial intelligences, they operate, they, they go through with their objectives to a fault. They perform their objectives to a fault. And that's the scary thing. is It's like when someone takes something literally... And it doesn't work socially. And, you know, in some cases, it actually can be a deadly threat because it is it is operating literally. So, 
Yeah, that's the interesting thing about that is that is the weakness. No, one hundred percent. That's the weakness. Whatever it's been, whatever it's been trained on, and I, I, I even reference back to Isaac. Uh, what is it? As, Asimov? Asimov. Yeah, Asimov. And he has the the sort of the the laws. The first law is that a robot shall not harm a human, or by inaction allow a human to come to harm. The second law is that a robot shall obey any instruction given to it, to it by a human. And the third law is that a robot shall avoid actions or situations that that could cause it to come to harm itself. It was just an interesting, you know, um, sort of way. I think that was in iRobot 2 where they reference, everybody references his three questions or three laws of robotics and and stuff like that. I mean, imagine if they took this technology and embedded it into like Boston Dynamics robots. Like some of those robots are ridiculous on what they can do. And they take the reasoning and whatnot that this this thing has and put it in that where it has all this movement. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous in the next five to ten years, I feel like. I think people are saying, oh yeah, in 20 years it's going to be crazy. No, in the next five to ten years, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so just moving on, I asked it a couple more questions here. Do you want to take over the world? I just wanted to see what it would what, what it would respond with. And so it said, "No, I'm I'm an artificial intelligence language model created by OpenAI." As I didn't know that. And I do not have any motivations or desires, including the desire to take over the world. My purpose is to assist and support users by providing helpful and informative responses to their questions and requests. God, it even sounds like Hal from 2001. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. (laughs) I know. I asked it one last question. Will AI take over the world? And this was the response. It is unlikely that AI will take over the world in the sense of gaining autonomy and actively seeking to control humanity. AI systems are created and operated by people and their capabilities are limited by the goals and constraints set by their creators. However, AI has the potential to greatly impact and change many aspects of our lives, such as the way we work, communicate, and make decisions. As AI technologies continue to advance, it is important for society to consider the ethical and social implications of their development and use and to ensure that they are developed and used in ways that benefit humanity as a whole. I mean, if this is the way it's responding, it literally, one other flaw here is it has zero personality. So it doesn't know, it doesn't know emotion or anything like that. It's just spitting out answers, you know, to your questions. And, uh, and that's always going to be a problem unless there's some way of, making that different i mean even data in star trek the next generation you know he was always so calculative and 
never really had a sense of humor or anything like that because he didn't have that programmed into him. And I think that that's probably going to be the biggest obstacle that any of these AI technologies have is personality, uh, emotions, or anything Humanity. of that character. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, just it's not going to be gonna be able to work on its objectives. And that was the thing about Ex Machina, the movie, which I thought was so cool because you thought, and I don't want to give the movie, well, I shouldn't give the movie away, but it speaks on that and you should definitely see the movie. It really opens your eyes to, to what we're talking about here. And it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, and I think, I so, I mean, and that concludes, you know, powers and abilities and probably a few other things that I threw in there. But one of the reasons that I did want to do this this as a monster was just because it, in a way, it kind of is right now. It's it's scary to to see this technology, you know, come into into play. It it does have a lot of benefits. I'm excited about it because I want to. I'm into technology and I like the way that things are. You could leverage to, this thing to do, but on the other hand, it's freaky at the same time because it's the Terminator. You know, it's yeah, the Terminator. It's, it, that, that's the threat that it could take over the world, and you know it's going to be a fight. You know, humans versus the machines. So there's no doubt it's a monster. It's just we have to be able to harness it and not let it get out of control. I mean, if you look at at the Daniel H. Wilson books, you know, How to Survive a Robot Uprising, that book, you know, the technology is there because he was a roboticist, if I'm saying that right. But in any of it, anyway, these all the technologies that he's talking about are, were all real things even at that time. I think this book was, let's see, I have the book here. This was in 2005. And it's like, oh, think about even, it's realistic. Even the stuff that we've, we've been referencing. If you go back and look at all the science fiction stuff and weird science and the EC archive stuff, like back in the 40s and 50s, and they, they were still coming up with this stuff. Look at Flash Gordon and... And some like Buck Rogers, they everything always referenced some sort of artificial yeah, intelligence. Yeah, Metropolis. That would, yeah, was it? You know that I forget when that movie came out, but uh, that's a silent film, and that was about AI, or there was just AI one, in it. One other uh, thing that I wanted to mention about about this of how powerful this program is is that this thing also passed. The medical exam that doctors basically go through, and it passed the bar exam. Like, how ridiculous is oh, that? That was another thing. Is I oh, so there's a podcast that it actually they they talk all about ChatGPT. The whole podcast is basically what just would you, on what would Chat you need GPT. to go and. And actually listen to that podcast when we just went through it all. Yeah, well, it, it's called the Chat GPT Report, and it's many episodes. Right now, there's 15 episodes, and it's updated weekly, and it's just about news on Chat GPT. And one of the episodes I was listening to was talking about how this guy wanted to use Chat GPT to fight a park or a I think it was a speeding ticket. Oh yeah, and yeah. and basically that's the thing is the Chat GPT could pull from 
any past cases, all the laws, it could do it instantly. But I guess the the court would not allow it because it yeah, didn't. Yeah, they didn't allow it in the courtroom. It wouldn't allow it saying it didn't pass, it didn't uh, go through school. Or I can't remember what, I, I, I listened to that episode a while back, but it was one of the episodes on that podcast. And it was kind of crazy. Like, can you imagine? Like, that would be a pretty great tool because you're not relying on a lawyer who's remembering or has to pour through books or even the internet like this thing gets the information instantly it knows all the laws it can respond instantly I, I would be curious to see if that thing could actually have beaten because that's the thing you go back through all the cases where people have beaten speeding tickets or traffic tickets and it will find out how to win. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I think it would it would hit it with so much data that. Uh, but the thing is, is judges are sitting up on the the podium, and I think that or the whatever you want to call it, and and they are they sometimes have emotion in their decision making, so which may be a good thing and may not be. I think it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, I guess you could look at it in two ways. One other thing I wanted to bring up real quick, and then we'll we'll move on here to some other extra things, is that a couple of people that I actually think are pretty good in the AI research sort of forum is a, a guy named Nick Bostrom. He wrote a book called Super Intelligence, Paths, Dangers, and Strategies, and this is a highly recommended book. Uh, if you're into artificial intelligence, I highly recommend Super Intelligence by Nick Bostrom. Great book. It's a little bit complicated to read, so hopefully, you know, you're up to to par with some crazy technology cuz this guy's brain is far surpasses anything I can ever do in my life, but uh he he definitely explains like artificial intelligence and where it could go and, you know, certain things that are taking place. And then there's another good book by a guy named Max Tegmark, and he wrote a book called Life 3.0, Being Human in the Age of Artificial Intelligence. And this is sort of an older book, but it's really well written uh, by him as well. And those are two books. You can get them both on Amazon, and they're they're cheap cheap books, nothing too crazy uh, if you're into artificial intelligence. Nice. All right, well, for movies and books, so Tom actually asked ChatGPT, you know, if it could name some movies that feature artificial intelligence as a central theme, and it it listed, this is what it listed, The Terminator, Blade Runner, The Matrix, iRobot, AI Artificial Intelligence, Ex Machina, Her, WALL-E, transcendence and chappy so it gave 10 and then it said after that these movies explore a variety of perspectives on ai from the potential dangers of advanced technology to the emotional connections that can develop between humans and ai speaking of her which is a pretty crazy movie if you haven't seen about a guy and his 
relationship with his phone, which has like a, kind of like a Siri intelligence in it. In any event, yeah. So it, it left out Big Hero 6 from 2014, which I'm a big fan of. The yeah, movie that movie. just came out, Megan, in 2022. I actually interviewed the, the girl in that movie, not the Megan robot but the girl that gets the robot i did a newspaper story i could link that in the show notes of course hal from 1968's 2001 space odyssey but there's also if there i'll I'll add this link in the show notes but on wikipedia it, it there's a whole list of artificial intelligence films and there are a bunch in there that i totally didn't even think about or forgot about so that that'll be a cool list to go through if you're interested of course, there's Daniel H. Wilson books, which we've talked about on this show. Of course, the How to Survive a Robot Uprising, and he's got like jetpack books and a lot of cool stuff. Weird Science from the EC Archives. Uh, I've just been kind of going through that one, and uh, I'm sure there's there are more stories in that than I found so far, but that would definitely be a place to, to go to. There's the podcast that I was talking about that the ChatGPT report. I could put a link in the show notes for that. Oh, real quick. Uh, just in regards to a podcast, one thing that I do want to want to kind of throw out there is we should we should ask uh, Nightmare 365 to check into conspiracies on chat gpt or even just gpt in general and see what's out there and then maybe maybe they could put together uh, an episode on on uh on chat gpt just with conspiracies and whatnot i think that would be a good episode because they do a good job on on their show so yeah uh, they can gather information and yeah so yep. definitely shout out to matt and greg douglas at nightmare 365 definitely you guys should do an episode on this yeah, for sure. And then one last thing. This was kind of a fun toy, although it's a lot of money for a little fun toy that may not do that much. But uh, for all those who remember the 1980s Clash of the Titans movie, the little mechanical owl, which is would kind of be an AI, Boobo. And could there's be. A, there's a cool little toy... That is pretty dang intricate. Did you see that thing, Tom? Oh yeah, it's, it's a little bit pretty, a little expensive. Yeah, two seventy nine ninety nine, or you you could have four interest free installments from twenty five twenty seven a month. But this <laughs> thing is pretty dang awesome. It's a creation from uh, or of Ray Harryhausen's. Yeah, this mechanical owl, and if you look at the thing, it's insanely detailed. It would actually be really cool to have, except that I don't want to spend three hundred bucks on that. So, if you if you want to go spend some money on some neat little technology, just go get some hex bots. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about those. I remember yeah, I used to get a bunch sweet. of those for Robert when he was little. Those little bugs. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, things cool. were cool. Okay, so if you're in Transylvania and you're looking for ChatGPT or really any artificial intelligence, then you're going to want to go over to the Mad Science District where Tom and I are right now. 
If you check out our book, Transylvania Traveler, which you can get at Transylvania, sorry, which you can get it, get at jackolanternpress.com, it's going to give you all the information you need to get to and through Transylvania, including the Mad Science District. So you'll discover places like Doom Drive in the Mad Science District where you can bring or I'm sorry, where you can visit the Bring a Bear to Life workshop and you can build your own bear with AI. Or you could spend a night cutting it up on the dance floor at the Robot Lounge and Dance Club. Or you can stop by the factories where Tom and I are right now in Robot Ranch where the deadliest in robot technology is currently being built. So definitely check that out jackolanternpress.com it's our book Transylvania Traveler and uh, yeah that's about it for what I had Tom anything else before no we call I think it that'll night? do it you now have 15 seconds to comply you are in direct violation you now have 5 seconds to Alright, cool. Well, I think uh, that's going to be about it. Let's tighten the screws on this one for uh, this Monster Monday. Just wanted to let you know some of the music and sounds that you heard in this evening's show come from the following. Terminator 1 and 2 from 1984 and 1991 respectively. Robocop from 1987. Megan from 2022. AI Artificial Intelligence from 2001 and Robocop by the Sleaze Boys. All right, so that is going to do it for this episode of the Jack Lantern Press Podcast. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. There you'll find our book, Transylvania Traveler, as I was just talking about, which is a humorous travel guide to and through the monster universe. And for all those who just love using that phone, you can call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we would greatly appreciate it. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll meet up again next time in the Pumpkin Patch.